Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Play Podcast. In today's episode, Ryan and I are going to try something new. We're going to bring you guys a new segment, three up and three down. We're going to highlight three players, teams, or themes that are up in the MLB and three that are down. we got a couple other segments throughout the episode, but without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double Play. If you aren't familiar, I'm Ryan. That's Jack. We've got some baseball to talk about. We're doing a new little episode type thing today. We've been doing this on our socials, on our Instagram for a while now, but now we're bringing it to the episode. If you don't follow us on socials, what are you doing? But this segment is three up, three down, or this episode today is going to be three up, three down. So we're going to highlight three guys trending up and three guys trending down or guys, teams, different things. You'll see how it works. But Jack, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Now, I'm doing very well. I mentioned I got the flu and COVID in me. I've got my flu shot today, got my COVID shot today. I'm not sleepy. I'm not sick. I'm not tired. So I think that might be a minor miracle. So hopefully I'm able to power through this episode. Who who knows though, you might see me halfway through kind of just fall over in my chair or something like that. But I think I'm going to be fine. One thing that's really keeping my spirits high is a theme that has stayed consistent throughout the entire MLB season that we saw repeat itself this week. I'm just your daddy in fantasy baseball. Did I beat you four times this year? Four no? Yeah, including you, in including yeah, like to get a, to the championship? By like combined four points in total, it seemed like. Actually, this week I beat you by 79 points. Okay, but it's a two-week thing, so it, it, it was for two weeks. I still beat you close. by like about I still beat you by more than one tenth of the points that you scored on the week. It, it it was a close game. I don't have the score with me. It was also close, including the fact that you picked up to beat around ESPN fantasy rules, which I understand is get, getting yourself a competitive advantage. But like with seven starting pitchers on the last day, and you still only brought it with barely within eighty. So, anyways, I'm just happy moving on to the fantasy baseball championship. It's such a fun long season that getting to the championship feels good. I've at least doubled the money that we put down to get into the league with a chance to win. I think it's like 80 bucks on the line. So excited about that. Feeling good about my team. Although our friend who I'm going up against in the championship had just an insane week. I won in our matchup with 783 points. And the guy I'm playing in the championship put up 980 to win his semifinal matchup. So a little nervous about that, but gotten off to a pretty good start right now. Got a couple starting pitchers going as we speak. We're recording this on Tuesday night. So hopefully you're listening to this on Wednesday. Dylan Cease had, had a good outing. Uh, maybe Nick Lodolo gets a win. Who knows? Um, but feeling pretty good about that. I, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry that I couldn't give you at least one win this year. Okay, well, I might have lost in fantasy baseball but you know what you lost in series locks you just had a recent punishment which was posted to our tiktok as a tiktok story so by the time you're seeing this you can't see it on tiktok but i'll i will put it on youtube we'll put it on youtube maybe uh maybe instagram reel as well jack had to sing an angelic rendition of an old song i'm not sure what the oh it the old song is, uh, I don't know what the old song but it is, but he had to sing uh, Swaley's rendition of that where he was doing vocal warm-ups for a TikTok. So Jack, don't quit your day job. You're not a singer. Just like I'm not a rapper. I called him, was it like at, or I guess it was like one in the morning for me, 11 at night for you just to rap to you the other night. 
It was terrible. I got some really bars. Bad. I got some bars. I'm not going to do it. If you want to see me rap, you can go find our find my rap punishment that I d- had to do. I've gotten better since then. Don't worry. But yeah, you had to do the punishment. You'll see it. I'm sure it's on the screen right now. Jack singing. If not, go to our socials. But it was not good. Again, though, I I think you whiffed on a punishment. I, like, I think I, I I'm got not good off at thinking of that. Scott free. I'm like, not good at thinking thinking of those, especially when we're too far away. Yeah, well, I'm just glad I didn't have to eat one of the the spicy wings like that. Was that was that. bad. I, I, I just got, thought you I were gonna get advantage. me a lot worse. Yeah, I thought you were gonna get me a lot worse than you ended up. But it, it's still embarrassing. But like, I don't feel. If we had a bigger following, I might feel. Uh, I might feel a little bit worse about it. But so yeah, but, if there's a million people listening to this podcast right now, know that then I would be feeling uh, embarrassed. But I'm also if there's just a couple of you out there. Thank you guys for watching. I feel, I feel very embarrassed in front of our great audience. Don't underestimate our TikTok either. Well, Almost you did put it as a story, followers. so it's only I up there do for it as a story, twenty-four hours. I, I but seven thousand followers. I mean, TikTok growth is doing well. If you aren't one of those people, what are you doing? Are you serious right now, bro? But anything else before we get into our business for this episode? Three up, three down. Baseball's getting good. I will say shout out to shout out to your Dodgers winning the National League West. Um, they're gonna temporarily hold it for for a year, and the Giants will have it next year. No, I'm just kidding. But nine of the last ten years, the Dodgers have won the National League West. They only have one 60 game season ring to show for it, but still, congratulations. I know this is like their World Series, so I would say congratulations to the Dodgers. Yeah, talk to me in a month and a half. I might have to owe you a lot of money in a month and a half if the Dodgers end up winning the World <laughs> that Series. That is true. I've, it's at least, and we're not going to talk logistics, but you owe me some money. I, I will. Uh, yes, let's get into to this segment. Let's start with three up. Um, let's, spend the mo- let's spend the bulk of the time on three up because it's more fun to talk about players and teams that are playing well as opposed to poorly. And let's start with maybe the hottest player in baseball outside of Aaron Judge because he's just been on another level all season. That's Bo Bichette, his, his counterpart in the American League East. Bo Bichette, shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays, is having just a wild second half and an even better September. In September, hitting 440 with a 481 on base, 867 slug to give him a 283 WRC+. Plus. He's got seven bombs in the month, 23 RBIs, and a 2.1 war. That's second in MLB outside of Aaron Judge. Yeah, we're going to have a good uh, September player of the month in the American League race. With Bo Bichette, I mean, you mentioned all those stats. Ridiculous, and he's just been on a tear. He won Player of the Week, was it, a few weeks ago? or maybe it was I don't, I never get the, like, I follow MLB on all the socials, and I never get the posts in my feed about who wins Player of the Week. Really? I, I think he won Player of the Week, and he's continued it since he won that. Playing great baseball right now for the Blue Jays, who are kind of in a dogfight for that, that AL wildcard. It it seems they are probably going to have a playoff spot locked up. We'll talk about the first team out on the three downs uh, section a little later. But they're they're in a huge fight. It seems like every time I check the standings, they are something else between first, second, or third wild card. They're, it's kind of like flip-flop between them, Rays, and, uh, and Mariners. And I checked today. The Blue Jays still have a chance to win the AL East. They're only mm-hmm. I think it's five and a half back as of this morning. I don't know if any games have gone final since then, but they've got a chance to win the AL East, and so it could be a good finish for the Blue Jays, and Bobochet is helping to them to get there. 
Yeah, and so, I mean, even just his second half stats, he's got 10 home runs in the second half. He's hitting 330, a 172 to I mean, Bo was a player who was kind of struggling early, and I think a lot of players were like, or a lot of people were saying, okay, maybe we overreacted a little bit to the success that Bo Bichette had to start his career. You had him and Vlad kind of both having slow starts to the year. Vlad eventually picked it up as the all-star race went on, but Bo didn't really pick it up until the second half. I mean, do you are you as confident in Bo Bichette right now as you were coming into the year, more or less? Like, I'm just curious where you stand on the, the scale of Bo. I think it's probably about the same. I think he is he he is where he is in terms of, like, ranking. He, he's probably outside of the elite shortstops, but, like, knocking on the door with a few more good seasons. So I think, I mean, he's a great franchise piece for the Blue Jays. Probably with my expectations, I'm about the same. I think he's going to be, he's an all-star level shortstop, and I think he's going to play like that for a few few years to come for sure. And he's got the swag and the bow flows to go along with it. He he's got he's silky smooth with it. So I think in terms of my expectations for him, I think it's around the same in terms of what I think he can do. But I also think he he's capable of more. But I'd say he's probably all-star caliber shortstop and a great one for the Blue Jays. I think he's one of those players where you'll look after the year and his end of season stats look pretty good, but you're also like, he's a player that you know, you're going to have to endure the the highs and lows throughout the season. Like he's going to always have the really bad stretches. And then also these stretches where he's just completely on fire. And, you know, sometimes his defense might falter. Sometimes he might not be hitting the ball completely well, but at the end, like it, it comes to the season, it comes to the end of the season and you think his numbers look good. And I just think that might be what something that you're going to have to endure with him, especially when he's a young player. But, like again, if, if you're getting to a certain amount of home runs, amount of hits, you're hitting for a certain average or certain on-base percentage by the end of the year, I think that like y- you can't always want consistency with the player when they're going to get to those numbers at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I agree, but that's... It, it, and you'll take those players at the end of the day, I mean... If a player will put together a solid season for you, it could be frustrating how he gets there, but if he's going to put up the numbers, sometimes it's what you have to deal with, and if it's going to be successful, if it's going to put you in a playoff spot and with a chance to win the World Series, like the Blue Jays are, I'd say of the wildcard teams, other than the other NL East team, I would say of the other five wildcard teams in either league, I think they're going to have the best chance to win the World Series, and I think... Bobochet is a very important catalyst to how you get there. Like you said, he's streaky, so if he gets hot at the right time, then it could be good for the Blue Jays, and it could mean a deep playoff run. If, if you had to pick a team in the National League that you would compare to the Blue Jays in the American League, like where your confidence level stands with the two, is there a direct comparison from American to National? I don't think so. I think I think it's probably where I expected to be the the Padres to be after the Juan Soto trade. But, I mean, Juan Soto and Josh Bell have just not been themselves since becoming in San Diego. So I kind of expected them to be one and one I think the other NLA's team right now, it's the Braves. It's kind of on another level. And then I think it's the Blue Jays, like I said. But I think I expected the, to the Padres to kind of be on that same caliber to where I think things can go right for them. And if they do, they could easily win a World Series. I don't know really know if the Padres are on that level anymore, but the Blue Jays, I think, if they were holding the World Series trophy at the end of the season, 
I'd be a little bit surprised, but like I wouldn't be like, wow, this happened. Like I'd be like, I think that's a possibility. I think, and I was just thinking about this now, I think that I would compare them pretty similarly in my confidence level to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals are going to get the added boost of having to not, or not having to play in a wildcard series by winning the NL Central. But, I mean, similar records, the the Blue Jays, as we're recording this right now, 83 wins to the Cardinals, 87. But I think they profile pretty well. You've got pitching that's sometimes volatile, but sometimes also pretty good. And then just a, a lot of great hitters, especially two on the infield that you can feel really confident about right now for the Blue Jays. That's Bo and Vlad. And of course, Nolan and Paul Goldschmidt for the Cardinals. I think that lineup for the Cardinals maybe gets an added boost, but the pitching for the Blue Jays is a little bit better. But I would say confidence level right now, they're probably even for me. And I mentioned, I think the only teams that can win the World Series were those five teams that we mentioned um, with the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, and then the Yankees and Astros. Those two, the Blue Jays and the Cardinals, are going to be my six and seven. I don't know quite the order yet, but I would put them over teams like the Mariners or whoever wins in the AL Central. I just think those two teams are are pretty similar for me. Yeah, and going into our next team, a team that we probably think can't win the World Series, but they are on a hot streak and they are trending up eight and two in their last ten. That is the Cleveland Guardians. 79 and 67, we mentioned 8 and 2 in the last 10. They continue to hold on to the AL Central. At the beginning of the year, we did not think they would be here, but three and a half games up on the White Sox, six on the Twins, who the Twins have seen kind of just slip out of the conversation. But with the Guardians, we mentioned it last week talking about the White Sox. You get a feeling if they give this up, at least for me, I feel like they're not going to get it back. But to their credit, they are holding on to it, and with some key contributions up and down their, their roster on the pitching end, the starters, the bullpen, the bats. You want to get into that? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, this was a team I had 80 and 82 coming into the year. So, like, I thought they they would be good. I thought I was a little higher on the Guardians than most, but I haven't really believed in them for the majority of the year. But I feel like we're sitting here with, like, two weeks left in the season they're still atop the division. Like It looks like they should be the favorite to come out of the AL Central with the division win. And I, I they're 79 and 67 right now, so they're, they're not going to finish with you know 90-plus wins or they're not going to get to like a really high number, but they're probably going to have enough to win the division. And I think they, there's a couple players I want to highlight that got them past where I thought they would be. I mean, Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez, I think we knew were going to be good, but Andres Jimenez has... Just a little bit underneath what Jose Ramirez has war-wise. He's hitting 297 on the year. He's got a 141 WRC plus, 16 homers, a 5.4 war for a guy that, that you know the Mets traded for Francisco Lindor. Like Andres Jimenez has been one of the bigger revelations across baseball, and he's slotted in perfectly in that second base spot. Another guy I didn't quite believe in as much is Tristan McKenzie. He's maybe one or two good starts to end the season away from bring his ERA under three. He's at 3.08 right now, Once 172 innings pitched, almost 9K per nine. Like Those are those are performances from guys that bring you from the 80 wins to potentially winning you know, 86, 87, 89 games um, that, that I just didn't account for in my preseason rankings, but I feel like we just have to give them a little bit of credit right now. Yeah, I just checked my record predictions. I had them at 80 and 82. Is that what you said, or was it 82? Yeah, exactly what I said, yeah. Yeah, so we had, we had the same predictions. I did believe in Tristan McKenzie, but Andres Smith is a guy that was nowhere on my radar in terms of being a 
serviceable or even second baseman, but he has been maybe the best second baseman this year. You mentioned those stats. Those are, those are great. And then Manuel Classe, who is, just seems like he is lights out out of the pen. Dirty and MLB the show with his cutter slider. But 36 A's, a 1270 RA with a 1.94 FIP. He is having an amazing year. Maybe, I don't know what to compare it to, but could be reliever of the year, maybe. But uh, those guys, those five guys have really been the callus. And for Shane Bieber, a 1.69 ERA in the last 30 days across 42 and two-thirds innings pitch. That was a guy who we originally had in the trending up instead of the Guardians. But the Guardians, the team as a whole, as they deserved it, so we decided to throw Shane Bieber into the, this discussion. But the Guardians, like we said, looking like they can easily win this division. Right now, they've got series left at the White Sox, which will be a, a good one. Uh, and then at the Rangers... Probably our Rangers aren't in contention for anything in that. And then they're home for the last nine games of the year. So that could be a good boost if we're in a close wild card or a division race. Three games against the Rays. So you got to win those. And the Rays, they got to win those as well for the wild card. But then you get six straight games against the Royals to end your season. All at home. All at home. That's going to be a pretty big boost if they're a few games or within a few games of the of the White Sox at that point. So it is looking pretty good for the Guardians. Yeah, I don't know how that like how the schedule makers had that happen. Like there's well, no way an entire series got rained out or anything. I guess it's was supposed to be the first series and yeah. it got moved to the back, right? But I mean, for the Guardians, they lucked out. The Royals are one of the worst teams in baseball. They've got nothing to play for except playing poorly for a draft pick. You got six straight games against them, not to mention all at home. You're at home for your last nine games. Like I haven't believed in the Guardians for most of the year, but they are up in the division. They have a very easy schedule, and they've just been playing the best out of any of the AL Central teams. I think they're going to win the Central. Like I think they're going to be a playoff team, the only playoff team from the division. I, I never would have believed that at the beginning of the year, even though I thought I was high on them. And it's just, you know, we've seen them at the at the top of the standings the entire year, pretty much, but it's just so easy to write them off, and it's like, okay, this is going to slow down soon, right? Here we are. It's September 20th when we're recording this. I think they're playing in October. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I still taking the White Sox. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I mean, not, not much has changed. I mean, what's we said three and a half games up on the White Sox. I've, I've rode them this long, so sticking with the White Sox. But the last group of players that we have trending up this last two weeks because we do this bi-weekly like we did the power ranking episode last week so it's it's every other week but the three up for the last 14 days are rookie pitchers in the last 30 days not the 14 days but the two pitcher war leaders are spencer strider and george kirby and that's among all pitchers so they are they are doing amazing and other rookie pitchers they're settling in mentioned strider and kirby but Nick Lodolo, the frog, he has gone 32 and two-thirds innings pitch with a 3.31 ERA. Uh, uh, lots of stats. He is a strikeout machine as well. Brian Bello, Be- Bayo, I, I butchered Bayo. I, lo- I had to look that up. It's Brian Bayo. Bayo and uh, Edward Cabrera. He's been great as well. And then Rowansi Contreras, 
There you go. Nailed it. Rowansi, so 27 of the third innings pitched with a 1.65 ERA as of late. So these guys, they're settling in, and this is the future for a lot of franchises. These guys right here, and the future is looking bright for these young pitchers. Yeah, a couple guys I wanted to highlight here. Nick Lodolo had, he he kind of seemed like, option two to Hunter Green. The Reds had two great rookie pitchers, but he's outperformed Hunter Green by miles, and he was a big part of the reason why I beat you last week in fantasy baseball, but a 2.62 FIP over 30 days, like he's just like Kirby and Strider above 10K per nine at 11.3. Of course, he's had a couple starts against the Pirates, which helps that out, but he's been fantastic. Ryan Bayo for, for the Red Sox has been good, and he had another good start tonight. Um, and then uh, Strider and Kirby, like you can't, you can't look past what they're doing. We've been talking about Strider all year. Last 30 days, almost 15 strikeouts per nine innings. And then George Kirby, I feel like is getting underrated a little bit. Last 27 innings pitched, 1.33 ERA, 1.11 FIP, and a 10K per nine, completely like straight 10. Uh, he's just been great for the Mariners. Like the Their rotation was already good, and they've added Kirby. He seems like that guy that's stuck out of him, Matt Brash, and Emerson Hancock. Yeah, and... This is just great for the teams involved. Because a lot of these teams, or I guess not a lot of these teams, the two guys at the top, Strider and Kirby, these are playoff con- like playoff contenders uh, kind of looking to make a run in the playoffs. And George Kirby will need to be good for the Mariners if they want to do anything as a kind of middle middle series starter after, uh, after oh my, Luis Castillo. And then Strider, he's up near the top with with uh, Max Freed. So, and we know Spencer Strider's been great all year. Probably still the front runner to win Rookie of the Year for the Braves. And if the Braves want to win the World Series, he'll be another big reason why if the pitching can hold up there. But all of these guys have been great, and the future is looking bright for them. And something to look forward to for some of these teams at the bottom, like the Marlins, the Reds, even the Red Sox. We have no clue where the Red Sox are going to be headed after this season but something to look forward to for these teams yeah i mean it's like another guy that could have been included on this list was reed detmers um he just he, he wasn't he didn't have quite as shiny stats as these guys but um the previous like 30 days before this last like 14 days or about that i know he was pitching really well but it's like teams that do need pitching and young controllable pieces i mean the reds with nick lodolo you have the red Sox with brian bayo the pirates desperately need pitching they desperately need young talent for that rebuild it looks like Contreras and o'neill cruz and like brian reynolds key brian hayes you could have a little bit of a, of a system going now in pittsburgh but i mean strider if i'm the braves i'm starting him game three of whatever their first playoff series is kirby i don't think cracks the top three for the Mariners, but he's probably your game four starter if they make it that far in any, or I guess your your fourth game of the playoffs if they make it that far. I mean, those are just two guys that have, that have come on and Strider's been good the entire season. Kirby's picked it up as of late, but they've really cemented themselves as, you know, some of the better pitchers in the league right as rookies. Yeah, absolutely. Getting into our three down, I'm going to start off one with one that's basically an up. We, we mentioned we like to talk about the, the the up instead of down. We put previous home run records as going down, which easily could have been home run record chances going up. So let's start off with that one. We are seeing just what maybe even one of the best seasons ever from Aaron Judge, and then Albert Pujols, who's still putting on a show at however old he, he is now, still hitting bombs, and 
I want to mention this about our pools before we start. Uh, he's looking to join the uh, 700 club. Two away. But I don't know if you noticed, but every time I see Albert Pujols hit a bomb, I'll go see the clip. It seems like recently, it's always been in like the 6th, 7th, 8th inning to tie the game or put put the lead or give him the lead. So it's he's been great for the Cardinals. Still destroying left-handed pitching in, in this far into his career. So props to Albert Pujols, but both these guys have been great. Aaron Judge, obviously, he's been amazing. And it's so fun to watch it. Hope, hoping we get there. Yeah, it's not only great for baseball that they, we've got these fun home run chases to end the season, but like we only put this one as a down because we couldn't find very many things down in baseball. It seems like for the last month, the baseball gods have really blessed everyone. No one's having terrible performances. Uh, so it, I think it's good for baseball that we pretty much have four ups and two downs here and just had to change the wording a little bit. But I, I think you're right about Pujols. I was surprised this offseason that more teams didn't go after him after seeing how well he hit left-handed pitching for the Dodgers last year. He just continued to do so for the Cardinals. So you mentioned he's going for 700. He's got 698. Likely 13 regular season games left when this episode comes out. A postseason run seems like it's going to happen for the Cardinals. So he'll get some extra games, as will Aaron Judge. I don't know if, if judges would technically count for the AL record, but Pujols is definitely would. Like if he hits none for the rest of the regular season and hits two in the postseason, that that counts. That that'll get him to 700. We mentioned only Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth are on that list. Albert's looking to add himself, be the fourth person in the seven home run club. He's at 19 of his 698 this year, so he's on pace to hit a home run every 5.1 games, which with 13 regular season games left means that he would be able to fit two more in. Um, and then Aaron Judge, same thing, gunning for the single-season AL record, 61 home runs. He's also two away. He's got 15 regular season games to go, but his pace is even more ridiculous. He's hitting a home run every 2.4 games. So, I mean, that's divided by or 15 divided by 2.4. He's got a ton more home runs left in, in the tank for the regular season, you would hope. Uh, I think he most likely gets there. It's kind of just a question now of, like, when is he breaking Roger Maris's record? I think it's going to be soon. I'm hoping it's it's probably this week uh, and he's, Michael K the Yankees broadcaster is now traveling on the road with the team he, which he normally does it just so he has a chance to see Aaron Judge break that record and Aaron Judge I mean, yeah you mentioned it seems like he's going to do it at this point he is just ridiculous I I don't even I don't even know if saying he's on a tear is justifying it cuz he's been doing this the entire season he's on he's on an 140 something game tear yeah it, and he hits I, him in bunches too i feel like whenever he like you see oh he hit his 50 58th home oh he also hit his 59th home run today like it's it's yep. kind of like that the entire season yep so i mean he's a threat to do it any night he could do it tonight for all we know but these are just two guys we're seeing something special around baseball you mentioned we had to turn this into a down by saying the previous home run records but i hope I hope that judges happens on a like legit bomb. I don't want to see a little like short Yankee porch. Stadium short porch <laughs> sixty second home run to take the re- like to take the lead. Like I want him to know it off the bat. I want there to be a really cool celebration so that when he's a giant next year, like they can show it on the video board. Like here's the guy we just got. Look at this bomb he hit to set the single season AL record, and then the Giants would have both players with single season home run records with Aaron Judge and Barry Bonds. Keep dreaming, buddy. But yeah, they, they, these are great. And 
going into our actual downs, we'll start with one. The Orioles' playoff chances, their dreams, it seems like they're starting to die. And that's why we mentioned earlier the Blue Jays. seems like they're going to have a playoff spot just because these Orioles are now five games back. The offense is just not really performing. And they're pitching, I mean, not really sure how the pitching got them there in the first place. Not sure how they are there at all in the first place. I think I had them to lose 100 games this year. But their magical season might be coming to a close. But nonetheless, it is a very great season for the Orioles. Lots to look forward to with their young players. And I, I, I even though they're not, they're going to fall short, this season is an absolute win for them. Yeah, I think if it weren't for the Giants last year coming in, kind of like shocking everyone, this would be the most shocking season by a single team in recent memory. Like this is a, a, a the Giants went from like projected to be like 500 ish to winning 107 games, but the Orioles went from projected to lose 100 ish games to a pretty much being in the playoff race mid September, which is just absolutely crazy. We've talked ad nauseum about the Orioles this season. They're, I feel like they're just everyone's second favorite team this year. You just you wanted to see the Baltimore Orioles play well, continue to stay in the race. Unfortunately, it seems like their hopes might be a little bit gone, but. I just think it was super fun to watch the Orioles all year. You're right. They have so much to be proud of and so much to be excited about for the future with Adley Rutschman behind the plate, all those other great performers throughout the year. Austin Hayes, they still have got Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, a lot of great performers on the Baltimore Orioles. I'm hoping that they double down on it in free agency and come back even stronger next year. Hope, hope Hopefully so. And yeah, you mentioned it. Hopefully they can make a playoff run next season. That'd be great to see the birds back in October. But our final down for the episode is going to be Matt Olson. In the last 14 days, he had a 4 WRC+, and as of yesterday, it was negative 17. So he raised it a little bit in yesterday's game. And in that time period, a 109 average, 180 on base, 196 slugging. It's just been not good as of late. And it, it, does, is this concerning at all? for you for the Braves going into the playoffs and concerning about maybe even the future as well about Matt Olson not being able to form like they thought he could the I think I wouldn't say it's like overall concerning for Matt Olson because I always thought like I mean he's not a four WRC plus player but I always thought like he'd have his ups and downs like we said about Bo Bichette like he'll have times where he's just absolutely destroying the ball but then they'll have times where he's struggling a little bit but I think for me like it's just concerning when you go back to this offseason and you pretty much think this team could have Freddie Freeman instead. And you look at the season that Freddie Freeman's been having. He's going to finish probably in the top five in NL MVP voting. He's just been on. He's he's Mr. Consistent. Like he's one of those players that's consistent pretty much the entire year round. He's just been so great for the Dodgers. But you just look at it and it's like the Braves chose Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman. And like that was fine. They, they can choose him for the future. But their window while there might be a lot in the future, is still continuing now. And if you, I just think you look at that, you think that they could have had Freddie Freeman. That's something that's a little hard to forget. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's concerning for the Braves. Like we said, they're still in the NL East, easily in the race. I think they're a half game back as we're recording this. But so it'd be very nice for the Braves if Matt Olson could start producing like we know he can, but it's not concerning for him or the Braves. And I think they'll be fine without him. 
Anyways, that's all we've got for you guys in today's episode. Uh, it was a good one. We're going to bring this back uh, this time every month, doing the three up and three down. So always you can leave your recommendations, maybe on the previous week's episode, you can let us know who, sh- we, who we should include on three up, three down. But anyways, hope you enjoyed it. Socials down below. You can also, if you're on YouTube, please consider leaving the li- leaving a like, hitting the subscribe button, leaving a comment. Follow the show if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. But we've been Double Play Baseball. We'll see you guys next week. Continue to watch baseball. We'll see you soon. Peace.